0: Hey, this is Kyle from It's All Dead. Before we jump into today's podcast with Jason Tate, I wanted to address last week's news regarding Jesse Lacey of Brand New. Uh, During Jason and I's conversation a few weeks ago, we spent several minutes discussing science fiction, which I've removed from this podcast because I don't feel like it's relevant at this point. But for the large majority of the chat, we talked about online music communities and what needs to improve in terms of our dialogue with each other. That feels especially important now, and I wanted to take a minute to stress something that I touch on during our conversation. You know, we're all going to be spending time reckoning with what it means for us when our heroes in the scene turn out to be villains, and I'm fairly certain that everyone will have different ways of processing that and moving forward. Uh, However, now isn't the time to defend the art that meant something to us. It's time to listen and learn how to put an end to this kind of abusive behavior in our scene. Uh, I truly believe that we're better when we listen to each other, specifically to victims and those that have been marginalized, and now is the time for those voices to be heard, and hopefully in time we can create uh, safe environments where this rampant abuse of power is eliminated. So that being said, let's jump into today's podcast. Uh, Jason had a lot of really great insight to share about his site, Chorus FM, and a whole lot more. I think you're really going to enjoy
1: it. I'm a firm believer of like once you can name what it is you want your goal to be or what you want like the outcome to be that's a good way to start towards going towards it.
0: You're listening to It's All Dead, a podcast about the music we love and why we love it. I'm Kyle Hawk. Welcome to It's All Dead. I'm Kyle Hawk, editor-in-chief at itsalldead.com. Thank you so much For joining us, Uh, I've been saying this a lot lately. Uh, I've got a really exciting show. I think I mentioned on the uh, the last show we had how I'm I've started doing this new thing. I've kind of had this bucket list in my head of all the people I'd like to interview for our podcast, and uh, it started uh, this summer. Um, And you know, if you're listening to this podcast regularly, you know this, I I started reaching out to people that were kind of on this list in my head and it turns out people just keep saying yes. And so it's kind of like this new thing I've found where I'm just like empowered to just ask people if they want to do this podcast and people keep saying yes. And today's guest uh, is really great for me. And, you know, if you come to It's All Dead, like this is not, you know, you know what we're talking about with this podcast uh, today, with this conversation. So back around probably oh four oh five, five when I was in college, I had started getting into uh, some different music. I was living with some guys that were kind of introducing me to some new bands. And of course, you know a few people that kind of listen to the same music you do. But like anybody else, I kind of wanted to find out, like, who else out there is, like, into this, this stuff that I'm into? And uh, through, you know, uh, multiple uh, searches online, I found a website called Absolute Punk. And uh, I remember the first day I went there because I literally went back to that site every single day. Um, until it ceased existing, and now Absolute Punk is Chorus FM, which I also go to every day. And I say this because if you come to our site, there's you're you're definitely uh, familiar with Chorus FM, and and we're familiar with Absolute Punk. And today's guest is Jason Tate, the guy that started it all. Um, I'm a huge fan of Jason, both as uh, just a, a, his writing um, and what he's accomplished in terms of uh, music community online. And so that's kind of what we're going to talk about today. But Jason, I, I want to thank you so much for taking the time. To, to chat with me tonight Of course, thanks for having me on Yeah, and uh, we're going to get into A few different topics But I, I there's something that I think that uh, if there's one thing We have in common uh, I know that you at least used to be A Denver Broncos fan And I, I've been a Broncos fan uh, since second grade. And of course my interest in football has started to wane in recent years. I get, I think it has for a lot of people, but, um, are you still, do you still actively follow the Broncos?
1: Yeah, I was actually born in Colorado and my father's from Colorado. So I was born in Denver, but only lived there till I was about three and then moved okay. uh, to Portland, Oregon. However, like my dad's side of the family was there. And so we were back there visiting all the time and Oregon obviously does not have a football team. Yeah. So when I was really young, my dad diehard Bronco fan. Grandparents diehard Bronco fans. So I just kind of grew up in that uh, that that era yeah. of Denver Bronco fandom of like going to the Super Bowl and losing, going to the Super Bowl mm-hmm. and losing. <laughs> and so yeah, like yeah. so like I, I was. Uh, uh, in the fires early with that, um, and then I continued to just be. A, I was just like you know, you grow up with a team and you just continue being a fan of that team. Uh, so I have been for a very long time. But also like you, in recent years, I don't follow much football. It's just hard with everything yeah. else. So it's like I, I catch it when I can, and like if I if I see the score, it's like okay, like I'm I still have that like fandom aspect where I'm like okay, right, I like to see the Broncos do well, but there's so many. Aspects of the team and football in general that I have issues with these days.
0: Yeah, it's like you know, in my childhood, John Elway was like my my superhero, and yeah. now <laughs> I'm like, oh man, like I don't want to know anything about this guy.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm getting older, and yeah, I was gonna yeah, say it, but that was pretty much what I was alluding to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought that's
0: where you're going. <laughs> well, we've got a lot to talk about, and uh, you know, I. We could talk about the backstory of Absolute Punk. I think most, you've talked about this at Lane, most people are pretty familiar with how the site started and and where it went. What I'm interested in right now, I know that uh, I think we just passed the one year mark for Chorus FM. And of course, uh, that was a big deal. The transition from Absolute Punk over to Chorus, a lot of things changed. Uh, A lot of things got even better. I'm wondering, one year into this, of such a a big decision to make, what, what are some of the biggest things you've learned or the biggest
1: takeaways you've had? Well, I mean, the biggest thing I've learned is that it was definitely the right decision. That I was, I was worried walking into this entire thing uh, that I would be like a year in or like six months in and go holy crap, what did I do? Uh, yeah. Like, did, did I make a giant mistake um, and I was going to be like disappointed for some reason? And I've definitely learned that that is not the case. Uh, I'm very happy with the decision and a variety of the decisions around that entire endeavor. Um, and I've also learned... Uh, not really, necessarily like learned, but I guess kind of relearned some of the core things about myself, which are, by and large, that uh, I don't like working for big giant corporations, yeah. and I don't like having uh, corporate overlords over me telling me what to do, and I, I, I. I function better when I'm self-directed and can act off of instincts more and yeah. so that's been one of those things that was like I knew that in the back of my mind and over the last year it constantly comes back uh, to the forefront and reminds me of like yeah, yeah I, I knew that and I'm I should do that more often
0: right and that kind of answers I guess probably my next question which was going to be like what was the biggest goal you set out to achieve but it kind of sounds like that's Probably what that was is kind of moving back to a a fully independent and free situation for yourself.
1: Yeah, by and large, like, again, one of the main things I wanted was not only the freedom, but to try to reclaim some of the happiness that I had running the website, right? Like, because Absolute yeah. Punk in the last couple of years was eating me alive from multiple angles. Not only just because, obviously, the website was, at the time, owned by Spin, Spin Media, uh, Spin mm-hmm. Magazine, and all of that. But some of the stuff that was going on there was just, like... I don't know, like soul crushing, soul crushing st- stuff yeah. in the publishing publishing industry that I think everybody's seeing with advertising, with like an obsession with like the metrics that I thought were the wrong metrics, the obsession with like doing this and you have to do this and make sure all your stuff's on Facebook and oh, make sure at the same time you're doing some video stuff. Oh, we're not going to give you a budget, but you need to grow traffic by this amount. And all the while that's going on, the uh, website itself, the community aspect of it felt like it was becoming such a toxic place a place that was, uh, for spin to continue, like wanting to invest in the the company needed to grow and they needed people there talking on the website and me Mm -hmm. sitting there being like, yeah, but like, uh, some people probably shouldn't be talking on the website. Like they're saying really bad stuff and them like basically pushing back and being like, we just need the numbers, you need the page views up. So like. You know, kind of cuffing me a little bit there, Uh, and so I wanted to grab that back and basically say, like, okay, I I want some of the happiness that I get from having a music community that we can talk about music, we can talk about different events, but it's not going to be as toxic. And grabbing back some of the freedom that I had about what I wanted to write about in general and what I wanted to post about and. Just because something is, quote, newsworthy doesn't necessarily mean I'm going to cover it. Uh, it. I wanted something that was going to be, do I think it should be newsworthy and worthy of me writing about it or spending some time on it?
0: Yeah. You know, it's fascinating hearing you talk about this because, the you know, certainly this was a, a shared experience for a lot of different people, a lot of different sites. At the time, it felt like the next progression. It, it made sense. And I think when uh, Absolute Punk came under spin, I was... Uh, I was writing at Pop Matters at the time, which was another site that also kind of had some of those same issues that it sounds like you went through. And I also know other friends at other websites who went through the same thing and then made the move backward and found like a lot better situation after getting out of it. It's, it's kind of fascinating how many different uh, places went through kind of that, that same
1: experience. Yeah, it's interesting because I think, I mean, I was young, relatively young when I sold the website the first time right out of college. This was never something that I thought was going to be an actual job. Like I started it just goofing around in my parents' basement when I was 15. It got popular. Like some bands we talked about started getting popular. The entire like alternative music scene, got popular. And then just started getting traffic and it got so much traffic. I, with my limited knowledge of how to run a website, especially in the early 2000s, uh, it was expensive. Like it was like, I couldn't keep the web Online, I couldn't keep, get buy enough servers to do it without taking some sort of outside investment. And was like, "Whoa, like this is what? What am I going to do? Like, do I either just like stop doing this little thing that's a lot of fun and starting to make a little bit of money, uh, or do I try to like figure out how to do this as an actual business?" And so that that was a decision that I made early on, thinking it was going to end up being something completely different, right? Like I thought that like the people that were taking on the website were doing it. Uh, with, like, good intentions and that it would end sure. up being something that they would invest into and then I'd be able to, you know, keep running the website and then the website basically uh, look the same for the next eight to ten years or whatever. Yeah. And none of, the, none of the things that were discussed or that I originally thought uh, were going to be part of the deal were part of the deal. So, um that that's what like led me through that entire thing, but I think coming out of it, I ended up like seeing that side of the publishing industry and being like, I want no part of that. Like that is not yeah. what I want to do. Like that is not. I I would rather do anything else yeah. <laughs> than do that with the rest of my life. Like there's no part of me that wants to be involved in that kind of company or that kind of uh, side of the publishing world.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And you know, it's been fascinating for the past year, kind of watching chorus. Find its own voice. I mean, you know, certainly there's similarities, but uh, chorus has, has kind of opened a lot of new possibilities for what an online music community can look like. And I'm wondering for you, as you think about year two, year three, like where does chorus go next in your mind?
1: Well, the, the big part is building the foundation, and since we started basically from scratch and redesigned the website, rewrote the, the entire forum and everything like that, it was building the foundation that I felt could last, uh, you know, five to ten years and be a platform that then we can start putting content into, um, and so the first year was most of the content on the website has been me writing and doing the news posts uh, with occasional different contributors, sure. and... Uh, then growing the forums and building up a group of uh, supporters on the forums that are basically like patrons of the website that help keep it run, which allows us to have a much more uh, I guess what's the right word controlled advertising experience on the website. So it's not like other websites where you get five billion pop-ups coming at you every 30 right. seconds and have to install an ad block even just to read anything. So it was yeah. trying to put the business in a good place that I felt it was sustainable, that I felt that the business itself could be something I could put most of my energy into. So I don't have to, you know, go get another job doing freelance stuff otherwise, or like an actual like nine to five job. So I wanted to put myself in a position where, okay, the website like Can run, and then from there start working on what sort of expansion we want to do. Uh, I don't think that it's ever going to be the same sort of thing like Absolute Punk was, where there's like fifty writers at any given time doing stuff. Because I did that, and I found that like I enjoy having my life back and not having to manage fifty different writers all at once and trying to coordinate when things are going and what's going on. But what I want to be able to do is a lot of what we're still doing, um, adding adding cool features to the four. Forum side of the website and adding good content to the content side of the website and expanding both of those things outward to like their natural evolution.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, I kind of want to go back to you mentioned toxicity a few minutes ago and talking about Absolute Punk, and that was something not specific to Absolute Punk. That's just a, a problem in general. It's
1: <laughs> so, like everyone's dealing with that in the internet these days. Yeah, definitely. And
0: so, what I have found fascinating about Chorus, and you could see it start to happen toward the end of the time of Absolute Punk as well. I don't want to speak for you, but I'll speak for myself. I'll throw myself under the bus here. I know there's times in the past of sites I've been at uh, where you don't, it never even crossed people's minds are like, hey, wait a minute. All of us here are white males writing about this. Like that, or just those sorts of things where we weren't thinking about the other voices that could have, that were almost getting squashed out of the way. And that's just a, that's a problem, uh, not just with the internet, but in general. But what I've found fascinating about Chorus is not only from a contributor standpoint, but from the other side and the forums, the the ways that there seems to be a lot more voices that are a part of the conversation and respected in the conversation now. And that seems like something that's really important to you personally. And I'm wondering what's made that important and how you've sought out ways to kind of make that a reality.
1: Well, I think like it started with, uh, actively making it a priority and, putting it out there as something that I wanted to focus on Uh, I'm a firm believer of like once you can name what it is you want your goal to be or what you want like the outcome to be that's a good way to start towards going towards it Mm -hmm. and so like actually sitting there and saying like this is I like A I want to include a more diverse group of voices on the website or at least be pointing people towards diverse voices if they aren't like writing on the website themselves I'm linking to them I'm posting about them in doing that for one, and two, I wanted to do what I could with uh, the platform itself to put it into a... Into a position that people felt comfortable being themselves, or those kind of voices in a, diff, a different uh, the group than you know the cis white male would be visiting the forums, and that they felt like they could be themselves there and and not be drowned out. Um, and that's right. going to be a continual work in progress for uh, you know as long as I'm running the website because it, it, it's hard. Like, and there are a lot of just white cis males in the music scene, and a lot of that in this music scene um, and online and. Uh, they, they tend to dominate the conversation. Um, and then the second thing for me is that uh, I believe that, like, you know, it's the old adage or whatever, like, what uh, gets measured ends up being managed. So it's like I wanted to, like, try to take as much as I could, uh, like, a snapshot of kind of where the website is and where it's going in terms of that. So, like, I want to look at, for example, like, the contributors that we are coming onto the website and posting stuff and where they fit in um, – I hate saying like boxes or check marks or anything like that, sure. but you know, but basically like understanding like where their backgrounds are and like actively looking for those kind of voices to be a part of the website. And the same yeah. thing on the forums is like want to, is like making that a priority and then measuring it and saying like, okay, am I doing a good job of what I've set out to do? Yes or no. How, what can I do better? And uh, trying to course correct as much as possible and listen to people. Uh, and if like somebody comes to me and says like, you know, I feel like there's a problem here. Where you're, you know, you're not achieving some of the things you set out to do. To listen and then try to take a step back and be like, okay, like how do I like try to get back on track and how do I like try to find true north again? And just once that goal is out there, I think it's easier for me to uh, try to at least figure out some of the, the things that either I'm doing or the website's doing as a whole that uh, could be putting us in the wrong direction and then trying to nudge us back in the right direction when we can.
0: Yeah. I like the way you put that. And I'm kind of a believer in, progress not necessarily having a destination it's not like you know a particular music scene hits a point where like aha we got it we're good now it's it's continually for me listening uh more than I speak and trying to continue to educate myself and I think as a, a community that's that's important as well and w- certainly you know if if we were going to talk about like I, I don't want to pigeonhole chorus because I mean you guys cover music of all different types of genres uh, at this point but uh, there is still that attachment I guess to like I don't know what you want to call it at this point the scene the warp Alternative
1: tour pop punk I mean it's it's, like, yeah. it's it's the thing is like a lot of people when like absolute punk disappeared they're like oh god where am I gonna go get uh, my news about bands like blink 182 and right point I'm like I'm still me like I'm still the yeah, same yeah, person who's yeah. been writing about that stuff since I was 15 it's not like my music tastes uh, have changed so far that I don't listen to that anymore i'm still gonna write about blink 182 and mxpx (laughs) it's just always gonna be a part of me but yeah so that's been i still say that that would be like the emo-ish alternative music is still a pretty big uh staple of uh, what what our music community is
0: yeah. And so clearly that's a community that has had some of the issues that we were just talking about. And now it seems like the conversations are starting to happen. At least people are starting to talk. Uh, what are some of the biggest hurdles you see going forward? And, and do you feel like there there is positive growth happening right now?
1: I mean sometimes it, it in, the, in 2017 it's hard sometimes to like take a step back and and find the positives in some right, of these yeah. c- circumstances um yeah. because every time I feel like maybe our little music scene's making a progress or like our community's making progress I see like just news headlines flash across the screen and I'm like uh, well what are we yeah. what are we what are we really doing but uh that said, like uh, I do think that there has been, at the very least, like an awareness within our music community, and that was a big part of like when I started the forums. I wanted to flat out say, like, here's kind of like what my mission statement is for the forums. Here's kind of like what our code of conduct is. Like, this is not going to be like every other website on, online, right? It's, and at the time, it's like finally other places like Twitter and Reddit and uh, YouTube are trying to like crack down on a few different things, um, but. I, I I wanted that set in stone basically from the beginning mm-hmm. to say like um, so these are some of the rules that are on the website and. By the way, like that could change at any time, and a big part of it is that like it, it goes by what I see and think, and like you know I'm not going to get it right every time because no nobody really right. can, but like I wanted the like the flexibility to be like you know what like no like I, I'm not going to stand for people making sexist jokes like that's just yeah. not like that's just not going to be a thing that uh, I want people to do <laughs> on my on my website, <laughs> um, so I think that like setting that up front has been beneficial that said it's still a forum and by and large like people can just create a uh, an account and sometimes we we still get like the drive by trolls or you get the mm-hmm. drive by like sexist and misogynistic comments especially around sure. uh things that like some of the topics that I think are important to touch on. Like, for example, if like we're talking about, uh, you know, abuse or mm-hmm. sexism in the music scene and like that obviously is a hot button ticket that is ripe for those kind of people to come in and want to derail the conversation or say awful things. Um, but I do think that by and large, I don't know, like I want to say that the awareness aspect is better um, especially from where it was when just a few years ago some of these topics were broached um, right and I want to say that I feel like as a music scene at least more bands are aware of it and it's not there's not so much defensiveness that comes out of somebody trying to talk about uh, something that may bother them. That said, the, there's still lots of awful <laughs> responses to bad stuff that happens. But at the yeah. same time, I, I do I want to be positive about it because I do feel like I've seen some bands and record labels and like the community as a whole understand like kind of where people are coming from just a little bit more.
0: Yeah, definitely. That's, uh, encouraging to hear. And it's, uh, you know, it's, a uh, again, the, the journey continues forward, uh, even with the hiccups along the way. Um, I, I'm going to pivot here for, uh, just a minute and talk about something that, you know, if I were to talk about the, the reason that I would want to talk to you and, and what has been so impressive and watching your career is, you know, you, you start this blog, way back and now here we are talking about everything that's happened up to this point your ability to kind of evolve as online journalism was evolving as the way people took in content was evolving has been incredible to watch it's it's amazing to even see like chorus be what it is today how is that How challenging has that been and is that something that you still are trying to like look into the future to think about like how am I going to meet the people that come to our site five years from now like what kind of content are they going to want to consume and like how are we going to work to provide that
1: yeah it's been interesting because again when i started the website like the goal was never necessarily to like have it be a job like it wasn't to mm-hmm. make money um and then at one point it like it became my job and then it was like okay well now this is how you were making money um and then when i decided to restart chorus it at the time it is like okay i'm gonna take basically a year and figure out whether or not this can be something that is self-sustaining. Like, can it be something that supports me as my, uh, main job? And, uh, early on with the internet, when kind of everybody was trying to figure out what was happening with the internet, that's when we were doing more ads. And, uh, then there was kind of like the boom in programmatic ads, which are the really crappy ads that like Mm. Google and stuff like that. So, um, and I knew that what I wanted to do next was to get away from all of that and it was basically to say like I'm taking a risk and I'm gonna try something completely different from what a lot of publications were doing and see whether or not whether or not it works yeah. um, from a content perspective. It's it's not necessarily like I, I want to try to reach like the next group of people, or the next like kids to like bring into it. It's more at this point that a I want to like serve the people that are very similar to me from a mindset perspective of like sure. okay, um, and this this could be a new group of people as well. And if they consume and if if they want to consume the kind of content that I want to put out there, which is basically like if you visit. Uh, my website on any given day and read from top to bottom, you can kind of figure out what was what was the important stories for that day in our, like, little music world. And right. you can get an idea of, like, there's some tech stuff in there, some pop culture stuff in there, but it's not going to be overwhelming in content. It's not going to be too much. We're going to go, oh, my God. And it's not going to be every little thing, but it's going to be what I relatively would consider the, the important, like, 25 to 35, like, music, pop culture, entertainment, news-related stories of the day. And that's that's really all you have to consume if you want, or there's sure. more if you want more. Like there's the forums where like there's up to the minute information coming all the time. Yep. Um, and that's the sort of stuff that I want to write about, and that's the sort of stuff that I think uh, I'm not uniquely good at, but that it's how my brain works. Like it's how I'm consuming different things from all sorts of different sources and then trying to aggregate them down and put them together in a like readable format like i'm not good with youtube right like I, I would not be a youtuber i would not be able to set up a bunch of videos and stuff like and like a lot that's where a lot of yeah. like the next generation probably of like people starting something right now that's what they're doing like you know it's snapchat it's instagram stories youtube like putting the video stuff together um and that's just not the personality that i have sure. <laughs> so i'm not gonna be like i it, maybe it would be a better career move if I was really good at that and could figure out, like, hey, let's find all the kids in, in video. But it's like, that's just not going to be me. Yeah. <laughs> but I do, but I'm, I'm kind of betting on the idea that there are people out there that like music, have similar tastes to me, enjoy the kind of things that I like, and want to get that quickly. Especially as they're, like, either getting older or, like, in college and want to, like, spend time on a forum and, like, meet other people, like-minded people, and talk about things that are interesting To them, and they want to do it in a way that's not as overwhelming as something like Reddit or Twitter or Facebook, even.
0: Yeah, excellent. And I think uh, Chorus is definitely definitely accomplishing that at this point. Uh, Let's go ahead and talk about music because I feel like uh, people. Listening to hear Jason Tate on a podcast, probably want to hear him talk a little bit about the music he's listening to. Uh, We're getting to that point where it's about time to start making our uh, really ridiculous end of the year lists, in which we (laughs) say, which we rank everything uh, foolishly. But uh, give me a few of your favorite albums that you've heard so far in twenty
1: seventeen. Twenty seventeen's been a good year for music. It's been been a year where I found most months. An album that I'm like, oh my god, like this is going to dominate an entire month month worth of listening. Um, And that, and I mean, the most recent one, obviously, has got to be that new Julian Baker album, which just came out last week, two weeks ago, something like that. I think that's fantastic. By and large, for the year as a whole, uh, Uh, that Menzingers album, After the Party, I've been listening to a whole lot. And then there's other stuff like uh, there's an an artist called Muna, which is like a female fronted kind of synthie. Uh, pop rock Paramore released a really good one that yep. Phoebe Bridgers album is really good it's um, interesting yes. because what I what I end up doing is um, it's now getting cold here in Portland mm-hmm. it's all rainy and crappy outside today so it's like my music listening has definitely shifted more in towards the like fall albums time yes. so it's like I'm really into like some of the singer songwriter stuff um, and I've been putting that on. But then I keep looking back at the year and I'm like, oh my God, I forgot that that even came out. I forgot that even came out. And I keep just seeing albums that were released this year that I know I'm going to have to find someplace on my list. Um, and they dominated like my summer. But right now it seems to be like I'm I'm moving in that, that direction.
0: Yeah. I got to say the autumn music thing is hilarious. And the reason is we uh several weeks ago did a podcast on the best music of autumn just talking because I, I had this thing in my head of like i think this might be my favorite season for music and nobody ever talks about it and <laughs> it was a big thing i had to do convincing and we finally did the podcast and i saw encore did a, a best uh, autumn music podcast i was like okay i'm not the only one that uh that uh, has these albums this time of year Um, so you mentioned the new Julian Baker that I, I agree with you. That is, that has to be a part of this conversation as, as one of the best times of the year. I'm loving it right now. Um, and and what I'm thinking about is that, gosh, I guess, I don't know how you feel at this point, but I, I feel like as I go along, like, you know, it's harder and harder for me. Like when I was in college, everything spoke to me, right? Like mm-hmm. every album, like everything was just like the best thing ever. And as I go along, there's less and less of those every year. But I feel like the ones that I find that do that are more meaningful and have the potential to stick with me longer than even some of the like hundreds of albums from from years past. Do you find that? That like it, it's harder for you to find the ones that kind of speak to you on that deeper
1: level other than like, oh, hey, this is good music. Yeah, I think what, what ended up happening with me is that like through college and like early, late high school, early college and a little bit out is that I was listening to so much music. Like advances were coming in. See, I mean, early high mm-hmm. people were sending CDs and there's just piles of CDs that I was listening to. Yeah. Um, and I felt like I needed to listen to everything, right? Like I was like always in the back of my mind, like, well, if I'm not listening to all this music or whatever, like I'm going to miss whoever the next Fallout Boy is. I'm going to miss like the next big band. and. Right. Everyone's gonna like know about it before me and oh my god, like and so I, I would stress about stuff like that. And I, I spent more time just trying to consume as much music as I could um and trying to like understand it or like deconstruct it to some degree. And I've pulled myself back from that in more recent years and I want to spend more time with music because I found mm-hmm. that like I wasn't giving albums even like the time that I think that they deserved. Even albums I really, really liked. Like I'd find an album and I knew it was gonna be in my top ten. And then by the end of the year, I'd be like, well, how many times did I really spin that? Like seven, eight? nine right. like how many times did i sit down and just spend like diving into it and i wanted to like kind of go back to that feeling that i had when i was really young where it would be like i'd go buy an album like in the store mm-hmm. and i was buying like five of those at most like uh a year because i'd have any money i was right. 12 you know so it's like i had no money but i would sit there and i'd pour over the lyrics and i'd just read them over and over again and you'd have a disc man that you could only put one album in at a time you just yep. listen to it constantly uh so i kind of wanted to try to bring myself back and. To that mindset of like spending time with albums and I have found that the more that time that I spend with an album and really dive into it the more of a chance that it has of really making a like emotional or impact with me because you start pulling things out of it or you live with it and then something in your life happens at that time and then it's associated with that album itself which I've always found for me is a good indicator of an album that's going to end up being special for me is the one where like something in your life happens and it kind of dig become associative together and then you're just like uh oh, well that time in my life was when i was listening to that album a lot and, yeah. and so it's like those are the those are the things that i think i've been reaching for more um and i don't know if it's necessarily that like because of like the shift in in that if things are if grabbing me more um but yeah does that answer your question yeah
0: definitely and you know for me uh, people that know me know how big of a vinyl guy I am. And I think for a lot of people, and I, I, I'm not going to be somebody that sits here and tells you that I know so much about the sound quality of vinyl versus something else. For me, what it was is that it got me back into the habit of sitting with an album, like mm-hmm. holding the artwork in my hands, reading the liner notes, listening to the album and it's whole. And that's what I've found that I appreciated it about it and it's fascinating that that sort of uh vinyl resurgence kind of happened at a time in my own personal life where i needed that i needed a reason to like sit down with a full album again and like truly like have to pay attention because there's no skipping tracks you know. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if you have that experience as well but No, uh, definitely.
1: I mean cuz I got I don't know, I'm probably like most people out there but like I would sometimes get into the habit of like you're looking for something to listen to, you're scrolling through iTunes, scrolling through Spotify or whatever you're listening to music on and you're like this and you'll listen you'll start something, you get a couple songs in and then be like, "Ah, I'm not feeling right that right now." And you skip over to something else and you will be like, "Oh, I'm going to listen to this." And that's really great for if you just want to kind of put something on in the background and maybe have like a passive listening experience and it's like, "Okay, I can just either put a playlist on or I can put a couple albums together and be like, I know I like these bands, I know I like this, just set it, forget it and let it go but yeah. it's not as great of an experience if you want to have like an active listening experience with the with the music and if you want it to really hit you or you really want to like connect with it and like try to understand what's happening in the music, I think that that's where something like vinyl or even just sitting down uh, you know, putting something on with some headphones and just sitting there and like dropping out the rest of the world for a little bit, I think that's where you can have a more emotive like connection with yeah. the music and i i think that that is what one of the reasons besides just that they kind of look cool i've also been drawn <laughs> to, to vinyl in the, sure. in the recent, recent past because there is a very like i don't know it's kind of like like it's a ceremonial thing about like I'm taking the album out, I'm making sure it's clean, I'm putting it on, I'm doing this, I'm sitting down. It, it is not a like I'm just gonna let it play in the background and I just ask Siri or my Alexa to start <laughs> playing something and who right. cares and it's just going.
0: Yeah, no, that's a that that is a a beautiful thing about it. So I, I want to ask you something that I I've asked several guests that come on this podcast. Some people uh, are interested by it. Some people just think I'm an idiot. So if you think <laughs> I'm an idiot, that's okay. <laughs> Not going to hurt my feelings, but um, I've been making end of the year lists for a long time for a bunch of different websites. I'm very used to the process and something I realized a few years ago, it's probably three or four years ago. Now, as I was making the list, I realized that when I was ranking the best albums of the year, my the album I consider the best is not necessarily the album that I would say was my favorite album to listen to in a given year. Um, and so I'm trying to think uh, of an example maybe from last year. So I, the, we named the top album of the year last year Frank Ocean's Blonde and that yeah. truly was to me the best album of last year my favorite album uh, was one that did not make the list at all which was The Life of Pablo and I had my own personal struggles with that album anyway but in terms of just like a an enjoyment music listen mm-hmm. that's kind of how it came out do you ever is it, is this something that ever crosses your mind or are you just like and it might even be like the, if your taste is better then the, the best <laughs> album's always going to be your favorite album I have no idea
1: Uh, So I think that this is, I mean, this conversation, the idea of like a favorite and a best is something that I think about a lot. Like I think about it in like all sorts of mediums, right? Like I'll see a a movie over the course of a year and be like, well, that is a phenomenally crafted movie. That is like fantastic. Uh, That's one of the quote, like best movies that I've seen the entire year. But then I'll watch something else and be like, oh, I'm just like, I connected with this one more. Like it just grabbed me a little bit more grabbed my heart or some part of me and said like and that ends up being like one of my favorite movies um and so i like i've always had a disconnect between something that i could like kind of pull myself back a little bit and say like objectively very very good and also Something that I love and be like, it's not as like, like quote, objectively great quality wise, but I still love it. Um, I think with end of the year lists, what I personally end up doing is moving more towards the, what are my favorites? And mainly because... Uh earlier on when I started to like, when I put together the list and I'd put something up top where I knew like, okay, well, this is a very critically acclaimed. So a lot of people are saying it's really good. I know it's really good. Um, so like, that's why it's high up in the list. I'd go back a few years later And look at it And be like Yeah but that album Didn't define my year That was not my 2006 right. That that was like The album of 2006 But it wasn't mine And so yeah. the more That I started thinking about Like I wanted these lists To kind of be more Of a reflection of myself And I wanted to look back And be like Yeah exactly Like that is the album That this is the year That like the Gaslight Anthem's uh, 59 sound came out Like that was the album I played the most that year That's the year uh, Or this is when like Thrice's album came out And I played that so much That it like I fell in love with it and I couldn't stop listening to it and so once I started doing that I started reorienting my list around the idea of like a personal favorite versus a like objective quote like best album uh, yeah that said i also really like having the discussions about things that are like the best and more often than not like when we talk about like a very critically acclaimed album or something that people are talking about like for example like uh the last couple kendrick lamar albums or like you right. said uh, the frank ocean album where i can sit back and be like yeah yeah this is like a phenomenal piece of art and they usually end up being relatively high in my favorites list anyway uh, yeah. but There's a difference between like me putting that at say like a number five because I love it and it's really good and me being like, but it just so happened that this year, this was the album that like grabbed me a little bit more.
0: Right. Yeah. That's a really great way of putting it. Uh, As we wrap up here, um, tell us a little bit for everybody listening that maybe goes to Chorus, but they're not super familiar with how they can get involved in terms of like supporting the websites. I know you have a lot of different options for people. So uh, tell us a little bit about that.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, the best way is basically just to become a supporter of the website, um, which is uh, basically like the Patreon model Um, for three bucks a month, 50 bucks a year, 25 bucks a year. We got a few different tiers of what you can do. Um, And basically, like we're an independent publisher at this point. As I said before, I cut all of the crappy ads off the website. Uh, the only ads that we run are things that like, I pre-approve. There's no tracking on it. I don't put any of the Google ads or any of that stuff on the site. Um, but it's b- the downside of that is it's basically just me running it. And any money that we make is based off of like the support of readers, right? Like, so, uh, if you likes it's supporting independent publishing, you can go to chorusfm support and check that out. Um, if you're a member of the community, like you can upgrade your account basically. And it gives you a variety of different perks, things like access to a different f- special forum. You can get like dark mode on the website, removes all the advertisements, you get access to a special forum that, uh, I spend a lot of time talking in, talking with people, doing Q and A's, uh, doing like first listen blogs where like I'll listen to an album for the first time and like give my thoughts on it. Usually before it comes out, uh, which people like, like, Asking questions about like, hey, what's this new album sound like? I'll do things like that in there. So it's, it's basically the idea of like trying to build a re- a more close relationship with with the readers in general and like and the people that like are viewing the website and uh, want to help us continue to be a website. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Well, that's awesome, Jason. Uh, thank you. Uh, for
0: coming on this podcast and thanks for all the work that you've put in uh, turning turning chorus into such a great music community.
1: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on. It's really cool. I'm going to have to make sure to subscribe to this one now and listen to all your back episodes. Yeah.
0: Well, that's going to do it for this episode of It's All Dead. Uh, If you'd like to subscribe like Jason, you can pull up your favorite podcast app, search It's All Dead, hit the subscribe button, leave us a review, let us know how we're doing and uh, what you'd like to hear us talk about. And of course, come visit us at itsalldead.com. Like I mentioned, we're going to have some uh, pretty cool end of the year stuff coming up. So come check it out. But until then, that's going to do it. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to the It's All Dead podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Then visit us at itsalldead.com for the latest music news, reviews, and much more.